Hi there, it's Editor Daniel here. Just want to jump in at the start as there may be some confusion as to why we don't cover certain topics that have come out in the last 24 hours, such as Jordan Roberts being pictured in training and being linked with us, and then most recently Callum Morrison leaving the club for Falkirk. Basically, we had recorded this just before all this news came out in the last 24 hours, and all of that will be discussed in next week's episode. So I just want to clear that up, we will now jump back to the past with Daniel and Adam on Sunday night recording this. Please enjoy the episode and let us know what you think on Twitter. Hello and welcome back to episode 6 of the Perth to Paisley podcast, discussing all things Heart and Midlothian. Um, recently, we've obviously talked about how there's not a lot going on and how these podcasts wouldn't be all that frequent. And yet, I'm joined the very next week by my friend, as ever, Daniel McIver. Daniel, how are you? I'm very good, Adam. How are you? I'm, I'm good, mate. Um, so, like like I say, <laughs> we, we didn't think that this was going to be all that frequent. Um, it's, a, it's a pleasant surprise to be discussing some hearts related stuff albeit no matches of course um let's get straight into it i guess so you've got some stuff that you wanted to touch on first of all i do we've got some boring admin to get out of the way first essentially it's something that people have been asking for since day one uh, we are now officially on apple podcasts thank christ for that i'm I'm the guy who kind of does all the background stuff with this, so that was a nightmare for me because for some reason, the last time we did this before we came back, the first four episodes, uh, we did the review and it got denied. We do one more episode, nothing changes, and we suddenly just immediately get accepted. I don't know why, it makes no real sense, it's a bit of a stupid situation, but we're now here, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify. We're on Podbean. For the couple of people asking me about Google Podcasts, I am trying to get that sorted. That seems to be a bit harder because it's all about boring RSS feeds not working with the HTML license that they've been given. 90% of you will have no idea what that's going on about. Adam, you probably have no idea what I've just said. I've not got a scooby, mate. I'm just I'm just grateful you're here. This is this is why the podcast was away for so long. Because <laughs> I am effectively useless at all this malarkey. So, yeah. <laughs> Well, it doesn't matter, we're sorted, we've got it all, I'm going to try and get Google Podcasts working as soon as I can, um, it's my birthday on Tuesday, and I'm going to spend that time trying to fix that, so that's going to be a fun birthday, but we move on to the next important bit of admin, that is more not a bit of admin really, it's a thank you, as we were away for seven months, first episode back, we'll both be a bit honest, we were probably expecting a dip in terms of listeners and we were kind of like oh i don't know if folk will be listening however we had over 150 listeners back in the first episode back and that's just mental so from me thank you and i'll pass you back now to adam because that's all the admin done who i assume will be saying the same kind of things no absolutely mate it just uh it shows it shows the the power that that this club holds i suppose um and yeah, I mean, everybody goes on about Hearts fans. They just, they never fail to amaze me. Um, and obviously, that's been reflected in both the season ticket backing and what have you. And obviously, our listeners as well. And the page, I think the the Perth to Paisley Twitter feed, I think is close to 2,000 followers as well, which is which is brilliant. So thank you very much, Jambos. Very much appreciated. Right, so as we just said, we're a Hearts podcast obviously, focus on hearts things. However, we felt between us it would be a bit inconsiderate or just stupid to not address the rather large elephant in the room of that the Premiership is back. However, we have already had a cancellation due to COVID. It was incredibly public knowledge that eight Aberdeen players went out to a nightclub or a pub. What was it? Uh, I think they went to a pub. Pub, pub or restaurant, I, I was hearing. Right. One of the three. Basically, they went to a public setting as eight of them, where they shouldn't have been, two have tested positive for coronavirus, with six having to self-isolate for a minimum of 14 days. Uh, as Robert Bothwick put it in his Patreon, the Naughty Dons, what were your thoughts when you heard this news? 
scandalous, isn't it? I mean, it's just it's it's not on. I don't I don't get how they can be so naive. I, I mean, I know there's going to be people that question how the football can still go on with Corona, etc. But that's just that's just breaching a new level of stupidity, really. I mean, the I don't know whether you saw the leaked photo or what have you. I didn't actually get to see the photo. I just heard that there was photos going about. Yeah, I mean, I I'd, I'd, I'd seen the picture obviously, and I mean, I don't I don't even think one of them's got a face mask on or nothing, nothing even just a, as simple as that, and it's just it's just daft. It's totally unnecessary, and I, you know what makes it worse? I I think if I was a fan, I'd be even more infuriated that they've gone out after a defeat. So it's not even like. Obviously, them going out in the first place isn't justified anyway. But I could understand if it was celebratory or what have you. It's just... I, I don't understand what's going through those players' heads. It, it it totally, totally baffled me. And I'm assuming it's the same for you. Yeah, it was pretty much the same. Um, I think what needs to be made very important here is that the players themselves were not breaking any Scottish governmental guidelines as... Of course, as we know that people can go to pubs, restaurants, nightclubs, bars, etc. However, it has been made very clear in both Aberdeen's statement, the players' statements themselves, and most importantly, the First Minister Nicola Sturgeon's statement, that they have broken the etiquette rules of the government, as Nicola Sturgeon put it, by saying she is incredibly disappointed and frustrated with them. But the club themselves have set in place stipulations and a code it's the equivalent of a code of conduct essentially for all players that goes through a fine system and one of the pieces that we are led to believe of course we no one in the public knows the inner workings of the Aberdeen code of conduct but in the club statement they said that they breached the, the records that the club had set in front of them and as you said it wasn't even like for example I saw a bunch of Hearts fans saying this it's not even like it would be the equivalent for us like Harry Cochran, Andy Irvin, Anthony McDonald going out. Young laddies who have made a bad decision, but at the very least of a tiny excuse you could go, oh, well, listen, they're young guys, they weren't really thinking. The majority of these guys were seasoned professionals and also just older guys in their late 20s who should know far, far better than to do this anyway, never mind as professional footballers. And as you said, the main argument I actually saw against this was from Aberdeen fans. The majority of the anger was from, and it is what you touched upon, the fact that they had been so handedly beaten by Rangers. The scoreline didn't really reflect that, but the actual performance for anyone who caught it definitely did. They, They were abject basically and it's also not like it's Aberdeen against Hamilton or something like that it's Aberdeen versus a rival in a very very big game so it would be bad and bad enough if the players were seen out in normal circumstances after a defeat but it is just even worse in the current climate when we're already walking on eggshells trying to keep everything I mean you see Aberdeen as a city getting put into its own temporary lockdown it's just it just blows the mind that they even thought this was a good idea never mind actually executed it yeah you're spot on I mean like like you say Aberdeen's essentially gone into its own little bubble again and I mean how how they ever thought that that was a good idea you, you even touched on it yourself there like these guys are seasoned pros like Johnny Hayes and Craig Bryson are over the age of thirty, so surely they've got enough life experience. I know everybody talks about unprecedented times and never seen all this before, all the usual spiel. But how you don't have enough life experience or just common sense to not do something so daft really baffles me. Um, and but I mean, it's no great surprise really because obviously I'm I'm a big fan of the Open Goal podcasts. Mm-hmm. And I recalled Kevin Kyle saying that Craig Bryson, despite being a fantastic player, I think he was linked with us at some stage yeah, earlier before on. Before he uh, went to Aberdeen. Yeah, or I think it was before his before his Derby move. Um, yeah. And 
when Kevin Kyle's calling you daft or thick as mince, I think that uh, I think that says a lot. I do I do love Big Kev, but uh, he's not the sharpest tool in the shed, is he? Well, that is the thing. It's like again, you were spot on there. Just get some common sense about you, lads. Like you surely knew this was the wrong thing to do. Thankfully. It has been dealt with in probably the most professional manner. It could have been a public kind of telling off from the First Minister and the club have handled it incredibly well. Hopefully, this will deter any people who were potentially doing it because let's not kid ourselves. Aberdeen players were not the only players out that weekend. Much like they weren't the only people out that weekend. It's just so happened that they were caught in a large group of them. So hopefully... This can just be the an isolated incident and we can continue moving on with the Scottish Premiership and then, obviously, in the coming months with the Championship, League 1 League 2, execute that as planned as well. So, I mean, those players are bound to be regretful and whatever and obviously Aberdeen have shown them some loyalty but as we've discovered there is no loyalty in football these days I just want to touch on a couple departures from the club that's hearts that is and um, one of which has obviously sent you into a deep depression and um, just how are you feeling that Sean Clare has swapped Tynecastle for the Cassam? Well this is the thing when I first heard about it, I was like, from I had to have two viewpoints from one side, from the kind of Hearts fan side. I was really hoping, and from the Sean Clare fan side, because I've never made any bones about that I am a Sean Clare fan. Um, I didn't want him to leave. I felt that his, he was the most improved player last season. His form under Daniel Stender was incredible. Also, the best penalty taker we've had in years that I can remember. Um, and I just felt that under Robbie, he would continue to kick on with that, continue to be a fantastic player for us, and really cement himself as one of the best players we have in the side. On the other hand, I knew that as a club, we're obviously in a situation where we're not flash with money. Hearts have never been flash with money, but in the current situation that we find ourselves, we need money. And when a club comes in, in this situation... You have to look at the circumstances behind. It's a player with probably a sizable amount of the wages. It's a figure coming in. It's not leaving him on a free as he was tied down to a further two years. So it made all the finan- financial sense in the world to do it as well. And thirdly, just from a Sean Clare perspective, he gets to go back down south, of course, where he's from. And I felt his statement when he left was incredibly heartfelt and true but I do feel that there were some sections of this support that never really gave him the the credit he was due in some ways I know that some people will say that for the majority of his heart career he was he never lived up to the hype I'd more put that to the side of how much hype was built up for him that was out of his hands um, I'm not trying to pretend that Sean Clare was always this incredible player but I never felt he was the player that a lot of people were making him out to be so I totally understand the move. I totally respect the guy. I think he'll totally smash it down south. But I I won't lie. I am gutted about it. And I I tweeted out going, we need to replace him. I genuinely feel we need to replace him because I worry we could have another Arnold Doom situation where in 9 to 12 months we look back and go, God, we really should have replaced them or we wouldn't be in this situation, whatever that situation is. But what are your thoughts? Because obviously... We, if you listen back to an earlier podcast, Adam had a very particular opinion about Sean Clare. However, I will hasten to add, that opinion did change. I'm not going to try and throw Adam under the bus here, but what are your thoughts overall? Thanks, I really appreciate that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it is disappointing. Um, but like you say, I, I, think, I think there are pros and cons to it. Certainly... I think, also, I'm surprised you didn't touch on this, um, but we've also got to consider, and I, I hate to bring it up, obviously, is the division debacle. And obviously, mm-hmm. he 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 didn't come to hearts 
to play Aloha and Arbroath away. Um, <laughs> and ultimately, joining Oxford, who sh- by all accounts should be pushing for promotion from League One. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they lost the, the the playoff final, didn't they? Yeah. To to uh, to Wickham. So yep. perhaps he sees himself as a, a missing piece of the jigsaw, if you like. So it's it's disappointing. I think versatility in the kind of um, what's the word I'm looking for? The reduced schedule would obviously be a, a massive benefit. Um, but suffice to say that that won't be with with Sean Clear. Wish him all the best because, as you touched on, um, I was a critic at the start. But I think that's probably because, of, well, it's obviously because he joined Hearts and I wanted the best for him, which would surely then equate to the best for Hearts. So <laughs> it's it's disappointing. But like you say, I think the main positive is that we get a bit of dough for him. There should be a, a replacement or possibly two, who knows, um, coming in. But yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a sad one, but... All the best to the lad. Before we move on, I want to just quickly say my favourite Sean Clare moment because a lot of people were speaking about that. Um, I can't. I feel terrible that I can't remember what Hearts Twitter account did it, but a Hearts Twitter account made a tweet saying, what is your favourite Sean Clare moment? And a lot of people made the obvious ones. He was incredibly crucial in getting us to two cup finals and doing incredibly well in the cup ways. As I mentioned, penalties, um, but also just general goals. But my favourite moment was one that is weird. If you weren't at that game or don't know the context behind it it was the game where he got sent off Stendhal's third game it was the draw against Aberdeen basically the one off um, and essentially Sean Clare gets sent off after playing a really good game uh, we're 1-0 up after a Machino screamer and I think it, I can't remember who it was that was straight through but somebody was straight through after poor play by Craig Halkett Sean Clare just has to take him out. And he knows it's a red. And as he gets sent off, you can see that he expects what he's had for the last few months. He's done something wrong, that many people would say. And he's just going, oh, I've been playing well, but this is what's going to happen again. And he turns, expecting booze and abuse. And what actually happens is the entire stadium gets on their feet. I was there, myself included, and gives him a standing ovation when he goes off. He claps as he goes off, and someone has a video. I think it's Aaron, uh, Aaron Fraser, whose YouTube channel you can check out. He's filming, and there's a shot of Sean as he gets off, and he just smiles. And from that moment on, he was arguably our best player towards the end of the season. And it's very important, I feel, because many players in Hearts become famous because arguably not because of their footballing ability, which is great for a football club. Like There's individuals like Rudy who just are incredible and do it. But then there's individuals who just moments can define them or belief or emotional attachments. And I think Sean Clare will be that for me. I, I will always think of him very fondly just because of moments like that where I was like, even in a day where you're not performing, and many would argue that was the majority of Sean Clare's career, I would personally disagree, but that is a fair argument to make. I don't think anyone could ever deny is belief and his commitment to the club and I think that's very important to mention going forward Absolutely um, that that foul am I right in saying that it was on Niall McGinn? It was because he then scored the, free the resulting kick. free kick yeah um, but that's that's hindsight like you say he, he had to make that challenge and mm-hmm. he couldn't have foreseen what was then coming both with the applause coming off and Aberdeen tucking it away. Aberdeen are turning into right enemies on this pod, aren't they? <laughs> the first 20 minutes has been devolved to how much we hate Aberdeen. Um, it's it's funny that we mention Aberdeen because there was obviously another departure, uh, young Bobby Burns, who I believe mm-hmm. scored his only heart goal against Aberdeen. That is correct. Yeah, I'm, I'm just make, making a wee link there. Um, I think... How, how do I put this? I mean... it. it I don't mean to sound harsh, but it does seem a semi-pointless signing because he was obviously brought in as as a young um, kind of future prospect, 
but to have made, I think it's less than double figures in, in hearts of penises. Obviously grabbing that goal, but again, I think it was a meaningless meaningless game, a meaningless defeat probably. Um, it just, it, it doesn't seem like we've really reaped any benefits from it, to be honest. Um, I thought he was pretty decent in his loan spell at Livy, but then didn't really get a chance when he came back. Then he had his time down under. By all accounts, that was a bit of a success. And he was one of them that you were kind of hoping would be, obviously, a, a, a long-term a long-term player for us. Um, and it just obviously hasn't panned out that way. Leaving for Barrow. Barrow, what's your thoughts? Um. Bobby Burns is an interesting one at Hearts because he was kind of caught in between two individuals. Those individuals being Ben Garucho and Aaron Hickey. So Garucho gets hurt in one of his long-term injuries and Bobby Burns steps in. Now, I I think overall, I think Bobby Burns seems like a lovely guy. He seems lovely. Um, And I definitely think there is a player there. Um, The issue is, is that he gets, I think he picked up a niggle in between the Inverness semi and the Celtic final. So as a result, Aaron Hickey comes in. And obviously we lose that cup final, but the two moments that every Hearts fan remembers is Ryan Edwards' goal and the fact that Aaron Hickey kind of arrived and was like, I can do this. And it was at that moment that I think many people kind of said for Bobby Burns, ah, that's probably it. A younger player coming through, who we will get onto in a moment, who looks like he's playing beyond his years. And as a result, Bobby Burns didn't really have a chance to fit in. Um, As we both said, I think there is a player there. I don't know if it's our level, but there's definitely a player there. But at the age he's getting to, he needs first-team football, wherever that may be. And Barrow has been the club that he's chosen, which is interesting. But same with Claire, like, good luck to him. Um, as you said, there's not many memories. The main one I remember is his performance in the Inverness semi-final. I thought he was fine. He was totally fine, like solid. Um, but yeah, all the best to him, and I hope he does well. I think I think he, he was he was a raw talent that we were kind of hoping to nurture, weren't we? Um, mm-hmm. And if he was seen as the the long-term successor to Ad White, I think that uh, <laughs> that most Chambers would have taken that. Well, we'll move on for AD White to another left back as we have now a little section where we've spoken about the outgoings, we'll get to the incomings hopefully, uh, but there's a little gap for two players as we currently know if you go by the papers and the media and stuff like that. It is Aaron Hickey and Connor Washington, we'll get to Connor Washington in a moment but we'll start with Aaron Hickey. As I think you mentioned last week, it was going to be the transfer saga that defined our window. And in the last seven days, it has already been proven to be right. We have clubs such as Aston Villa, Bologna, the biggest one being Bayern Munich, all touting their names and throwing their names into the hat for the young Scotsman. And the reported bid is 1.8. Other bids have been 1.3. Yada, yada, yada. We've had the Bologna chairman say, I won't tell you who my next signing is, but he's a young Scottish left-back. We've heard reports that Aaron Hickey's had a tour of the Bayern Munich complex and the training complex. Basically, what's your thoughts on the Hickey saga in the last week? (laughs) Um, I'm just just seeing town signs, to be honest with you. Um, No, it's, it's, it's obviously... It's obviously going to be disappointing. I think, I think every jambo, if they're being totally honest, is resigned to losing them. It's primarily about the fee, and if we're looking at it from a national perspective, we obviously want Aaron Hickey's career to keep keep rolling forward. I guess. Um, so, I mean, the the Bologna president. That's. <laughs> what is it with the Italians, man? Like genuinely, that. <laughs> the, the, how how daft is that to say? Because if that doesn't come off, 
Not that the Bologna fans will know who Aaron Hickey is, really, but he is going to look a right numpty if it doesn't come off. Um, but I, like I like I touched on last week, Bayern Munich would be an unbelievable move. I think Bologna is also a decent one. Aston Villa, I've got to be honest, is probably the lowest on my list. Um, I mean, I, I've got a wee soft spot for Villa, but I, I think a team scrapping Premier League relegation really isn't what he needs. Not, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not aware of Bologna's situation in the Serie A, but I can't see that they'd be doing the same. I'm assuming they have Serie A. <laughs> they, they, they finished solidly mid-table. Right, last so, season. I mean, is that is that decent? I mean, I, I don't know. I think I'm, I'm looking across the city. Hibs took a young man on loan that was destined for great things in Ryan Gold. And I just <laughs> don't want to be in this predicament again. Um, and Sporting at the time seemed a good move for him. Perhaps Bologna, there's lesser expectations, so that would be a better move. Um, what's what's your thoughts on it? It is interesting because Bologna are a club that want to progress further. So they finished twelfth, I believe. It was around twelfth, and that is almost as mid-table as you can get. And they want to be pushing for Europe. Um, they have had some players um, before he went to... Oh, God, I can't even remember where he is now, but Zapata, um, before he moved on elsewhere in Italy, he was there. Uh, Immobile, who has just won the European Golden Shoe, went uh, was through their boys' club. Dybala spent some time there. So Bologna kind of have a reputation in Italy, to my knowledge... This might be incorrect and citation very much needed. However, they almost have a reputation of nurturing young players before then moving them on. So from Aaron Hickey's perspective, Bologna could be a very attractive proposition. Play there, probably going to get more game time there than you are at Bayern Munich, especially because the position he's up against is against Alfonso Davis, which we mentioned last week, who is just lighting the Bundesliga up and the Champions League up, as we saw last night as we record this. Um... So, you could go, yep, go to Bologna, couple of years there, and then see where you get your move. However, if he does go to Bayern Munich, he's probably going to go out on loan, which could again benefit... I mean, he might end up going on loan to Bologna, and then everybody's happy. But the Bayern Munich move, as a young guy, is the most attractive one, just to be blunt. Because if you're a kid, if you're a anybody and Bayern Munich are in for you, you're going to you're gonna want to go there. I think it all just depends how much he wants to be playing at that top level. I don't think he'd get in Bayern Munich's team just now. I don't think that's a very controversial thing to say. I think he would. he's a couple of years behind that. But only a couple of years. I definitely think he could make an imprint in the Bundesliga in some form. Um, as you said, Villa, I don't think, is the right place to go. We see Kieran Tierney and Andrew Robertson. It seems the place for Scottish left-backs to go, the Premier League. He would be in constant comparison to them, which could either benefit him because you go, well, if we look at Robertson right at the top, Tierney kind of in the middle with Arsenal just now, and then Hickey would be at the bottom. be quite good comparisons, but then that comparison could be really harsh. If Tierney and Robertson, who are part of much better squads than Aston Villa, have a fantastic season each, people would go, oh, Hickey isn't actually as good as everybody says he is. Whereas if he goes to Europe, it kind of distracts a lot of people because a lot of people in Britain don't really pay attention as closely to Scottish and English players abroad. It's very hard. We're not going to sit here and say, this is the movie should do because we don't know that. It's all about personal terms as well. Maybe he wants to go to Germany rather than Italy or vice versa. But... It's going to be interesting. Um, a lot of Hearts fans are annoyed at the value, but with a player in his last year of contract, this is how much we're expecting, really. And ultimately, I know folk are, might add in the, the Celtic sell-on and what have you. It's still, like you say, is is good money. We've essentially spent nothing on the young man. He's made mm-hmm. less than, what, 10 appearances? No. I mean, he's, he's 
Less than therapy disease. He's made less than like. We'll start that again. Start that again. Cut that out. Cut that out. No, that's getting kept. No, 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 don't. So no, everybody please, can expose please don't. That's to see how. That's the reason on my night out last night. <laughs> less than therapy disease. You numpty. Um, obviously, he's made a, a substantial amount of appearances in the one season. So. To really complain at getting that fee for a player after one season, having brought him in for nothing, yes, with the sell on is annoying, but it's it's still decent dough. And Bayern Munich, as you touched on there, it, it, it is a super club. But I think if he's being honest, Bologna is a great chance for him to kick on and then earn that big money move to a a Bayern Munich or even staying in Italy a. I don't know, a, a Milan club or whoever. Um, so, like you say, ni- neither of us, uh, neither of us can sit here and tell him what to do. Especially um, when you don't care how many fucking appearances he's made. No, seriously, you have to cut that. That's embarrassing. No, it's not getting cut. No, come you on. Can, you can now be exposed for the charlatan that you are. How do you get back on the drink? <laughs> <laughs> Well, we'll now move from 10 appearance Aaron Hickey to 48 goal a season striker <laughs> Connor Washington as he looks like he is also going to be following the youngster out the door. The reported move was to Charlton. However, Charlton's transfer embargo, I believe it is, has been upheld by the English FA. So that move has severely stalled and looks like will be completely off the table if that is the case. What is your opinion? We spoke briefly about Washington last week as we were saying that it could be a decent option if we need rotation, but again, it would be a sale. It wouldn't be a loss. We would, If anybody wants him, we'd have to buy him. What's your opinion on Connor Washington potentially leaving the club? Um, I think, again, it's... <laughs> I know Hearts always do this with, with a, a, a radical turnover. But essentially, it is just more money into Robbie's war, war chest, isn't it? Really, if, mm-hmm. if we're being honest. Um, Washington, I mean, he was given that curse number nine, wasn't he? So mm-hmm. you just you just knew that he wasn't going to bag 10, 15 goals or what have you. Um, the, I felt as though he actually played his best football out on the right under Stendhal. And that might sound a bit daft, but I think he was he was always willing to put a shift in. Um, he's not really been an out and out goal scorer since I think it was his, his Peterborough days. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I'd imagine him to be more clinical at Championship level. But I'm not going to say no to to money that again another free transfer from Sheffield United. We make a profit on the guy. We can bring somebody else in with the money. I'm I'm not seeing many cons. Another bit of wordplay there to uh, to this deal. What's what's your stance on it? Um, basically the same as you, with one caveat slightly. And it's more. It's, again, I'm asking a question back to you that I have an answer for. But I wanted to ask your thoughts on this. Say we get rid of Washington. Do you feel? We need to bring in another striker. Um, <laughs> Do you want to know my reasoning behind that question? Kind of, but I, I feel like you're going to say that Craig White would then be pushing for a first-team appearance. It's in relation to that. It's that, what if Naismith can't stay fit? We are then left with Liam Boyce, Uche and Whiten. It, it, it's a good point, and obviously, given... Nazy's injury proneness. It's it's not it's not a, a ridiculous suggestion. Um, I mean, neither of us are Robbie Nielsen, but I, I would assume yeah. if one striker one striker would be leaving, then another would would come in. That just seems common sense to me. So I could see it. I, I mean, a, a boy at my work's adamant that we're going to sign Kane Hemmings. I obviously tweeted that out, and it seems like the fans are pretty fifty-fifty on it. Um, What's your take on that? I mean, it 
in in the lower leagues, certainly in the earlier parts of his career, he was pretty prolific um, at Cowdenbeath and Dundee, but then seemed to struggle. He went he went down south, didn't he? I think it was to Oxford actually. Yeah. Um, and the goals kind of dried up, and then he's obviously come back up the road, and <sighs> the jury's out for me to be honest. I think if if we were to sign him, it's obviously as a squad player. Um, I wouldn't want to see us chucking some ridiculous deal. Like if if it's gonna happen, I'd want a two year deal, absolute max. Um, mm-hmm. One year to obviously get us out of the league. Potentially a second. I, I don't know. Perhaps a year with an optional extension is probably the way to go. I, and that's not just for Kane Hemmings. That's for signings that we're gonna make that we perceive to be on a leading championship level. Um, because I'm not entirely convinced that Kane Hemmings is going to cut it should we return to the top tier. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, the, I, I can't think of any other strikers out there off the top of my head. I don't know about you. Well, that is, that's the big thing, really. Um, I was speaking to my dad today, and we were discussing this point, because, obviously, if Naismith stays fit all season, this isn't really a worry this situation because even if we lose Washington Washington probably wasn't going to be starting in the sense of being an out and out striker you'd imagine the top two were going to be Boyce and Naismith then with either Washington in behind or out in the right or just use as a rotation much like Uchi will probably be Um, however if Naismith does get hurt whether it be his knee again or another injury it's a it's a lot of pressure to put on Boyce, but the argument is he should be getting he should be top goal scorer in that division by the end of the year, without a shadow of a doubt. So the argument of well it's a lot of pressure, it shouldn't matter because he should be able to walk this division. But if then he needs to have a rest, like it, if he can't play all twenty seven games, we then are left with Uche and Whiten and as you said, I can't think of any strikers just now off the top of my head that would either come or is available on a free, much like Kane Hemmings would be. Again, it's not much risk because we get him for free, it would just be his wages. Again, we'd hope that we no longer see any of these Mallory Martin, like the Moore deals, uh, deals thrown about these four years. Um, we hope it's just, as you said, I think that is, and we will speak about in a minute, potential new signings. I think two years is the perfect deal. Now, of course, players might not take to that. But, especially free agents, two years is probably the perfect deal to find. But, I I personally don't have an answer. It was just a question I wanted to post to you because I find it quite an interesting one because Washington is taking up a lot of wages, you'd imagine, and you go, is that enough? Like, is it worth it for potentially a rotation option? But then if you don't have that rotation option, do you trust the others behind them? That's it. And and ultimately... You're on about the wages. We've not really had a great return, have we? To, if we're if we're being if we're being honest, um, yes, it, it should be guaranteed goals in the championship. But again, he's he's a Northern Ireland international playing Queen of the South and Wraith Rovers is of absolutely no interest to him. So the argument is Boyce is doing it. And I, I know, but I I. I don't know. I think it's. Listen, if I was on the money that Liam Boyce was on, I'd be playing. I'd be playing at just about any level. <laughs> I mean, I'd, I'd take that all day, um, or the perceived money, I should say, the alleged money. Um, but I was. I was going to say, are you the agent? No. <laughs> quick, quick, exclusive here for you folks. <laughs> um, I'm gonna. Folk are gonna label me some like ITK account now. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's uh, it's 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 free money, isn't it? Really, and a replacement will come in. Um, whether that's Kane Hemmings, what's what's Osman so up to these days? He's probably still hurt, so we're no taking him back. <laughs> Leave the memories alone. He was fantastic for us. Gennaro Zafouk. I'd take him. He's a free agent. He's only 30. <laughs> there we go. Working with a free agent, mind him. It was prolific in this level before. Exactly. 
15 games, no, 14 games, 15 goals. That's every home game we've got this season. There you go. There you go. Guaranteed goals. Wacky um, Madeo's a free agent, I know. I mean, will he, will he drop to championship level? I hope so. Could you see that, it? Imagine that as a tough tackling centre mid, him and here. It's, fu- it's funny you mention a centre mid because I also put forward the suggestion of Andy Halliday and I obviously touched on versatility with Claire earlier and what have you. If Aaron Hickey leaves, that's another player to play left back. But ultimately, I think he's he's stronger at central midfield, to be honest. And and he will be at championship level. There's there's absolutely no no issues there. Um, a left-footed player to the squad plays with a bit of passion, bit of heart. But I don't know. It's, some fans just weren't taken to it on Twitter. Um, See if we got Andy Halliday on a two-year deal for free. I'd take that. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I absolutely would as well. Um, and obviously, you touched on potential incomings. These are obviously names that we are throwing into the bargain, if you like. But one that we have seemed to be linked with a, a heck of a lot is Elliot Freer, um, mm-hmm. the former Motherwell winger. What's what's your take on Hearts potentially going after Elliot Freer? Well, I'd first like to start this. With a wee PSA, I really hope fans start to realise that taking on trial does not mean four-year deal. Because some of the hysteria I saw, particularly from a certain forum, was apoplectic. It was like, the it was unbelievable. The reactions that the announcement that we have taken at Hearts have taken Elliot Freer on trial was literally like we've signed Juan Oshinawa to a lifetime contract. Like, can we all just calm down a wee bit? And also, to get back into my opinion, this is the level of player we're probably going to be able to attract in terms of free agents. I know that we're the biggest club in this division. Any player who's coming in this division, we'll get the first shot at. Because we're the biggest club, they'll want to come to us first. Unless they're a fan of somebody else or they're a heavy, right? We've got to get that. Another aspect of it is a lot of people, myself included, have very much complimented Motherwell's scouting kind of ways in the last four years where they've scouted the English lower leagues to pick up young talent and put them up here. And it's worked very well in numerous occasions. Robbie seems to be doing that here as obviously Freer's most recent club was Forest Green Rovers. And fans have been like, why are we looking at that level? It's like, well, you can't have both. You can't say that you want to emulate other clubs' scouting policy by looking at lower leagues. Then when we do that, get annoyed because they're not up to this level. Overall, a winger who played several games for Motherwell when they were doing very well and got something like 12 assists, that I'd take that. Like if we could again, it's another option because I personally feel, especially with Claire leaving, we need options on that right hand side. And at this level, basically, all we need is someone to hit the byline and play a ball in for Liam Boyce or Naismith. And I personally think Elliot Fear is capable enough to do just that. Definitely. And um, definitely. It's 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 players for a job, isn't it? And ultimately their task like it or lump it is get us out of this division um, so Elliot Freer I mean don't get me wrong I don't I don't remember him being particularly a particular standout at Motherwell mm. or being you know the, their star man or what have you but should be should be an adequate addition just get us out of the league and like like I touched on if it is a two year deal we win the championship He's got a chance to impress in the Premiership at one of the biggest clubs in the country. It's it's then up to him, isn't it? So, I, I don't know. I mean, we've we've had far worse and probably will still recruit far worse. So, And this is another aspect, right? I totally, totally understand when people are going, we shouldn't be building a team for this league. We should be building a team for next season. And I do get that. And to certain extent I agree with that we shouldn't be signing players with the intent of this league, we should always be looking at players going, we hope they can do a job in the Premiership, but 
if we look at individuals like Elliot Freer, who have already been proven at the top level, it's a pretty safe bet, especially if you give them a shorter contract, that they will be able to do that. And then you look at the current division going, will they be better than most people in this division in their position? Yes, right, we get them. And it's amazing what a, a gamer, a, a gamer runs, a run of games can do. Um, I mean, he, he's coming into us with not a great deal of competition on on the flanks. If we're being if we're being honest, mm-hmm. so there's absolutely no reason why he couldn't come in and make that place his own. Um, obviously, Robbie tried to take him to United as well. Another mm-hmm. player that he tried to take to Dundee United, and who I noticed was still a free agent. Um, obviously, this was after United's, dare I say it, promotion. Um, after leaving Kilmarnock was Stephen O'Donnell. Now, mm-hmm. just calm your beans because I know that you're going to come out with something along the lines of, so what, you reckon Michael Smith's going to leave? And Again, like I touched on with Connor Washington, Michael Smith, Smith? Michael Smith is a Northern Irish international. I mean, I, I appreciate the loyalty, but I don't want us to be holding these players back. And Michael Smith, for me, is I'd, just one of my most loved Hearts players of the past few years. Easy. Um, and it would be selfish of us to prevent him from kicking on. Now, this is just spe- my own personal speculation. I've not seen anything in the tabloids to suggest that he's pushing for a move or that a club's come in. Um, but if if he were to depart, could could Stephen O'Donnell be a, a realistic addition? Right. I will give you my entire thoughts on this situation. If Michael Smith wants to stay, we should be doing everything in our power to keep him. Agreed. If he wants to leave... I completely understand it and no ill will should be held against them. Agreed. I sent a tweet on the 9th of July this year saying, why on earth have we not even at least tried to attempt to speak to Stephen O'Donnell? I don't know if it would be realistic in terms of, yes, I know he's a free agent, but he performed very well for Motherwell playing in the highest league. I don't know if we would be able to attract him. I don't know what kind of wages he's asking for. I don't know. However, and this is my main point, see even if Michael Smith stays, I'd like to think we could also sign Stephen, or I'd want us to try and sign Stephen O'Donnell. Well, would you see I'd, Would you see Smith as a ball playing centre-half? That is my exact plan. Oh, look at that. Superb. That, was, that, was, that wasn't even rehearsed. That was just a, a, a total guess. It's um, the first time we've ever had synergy in this podcast. It's a miracle. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, I mean, you, you're touching on it there. Stephen O'Donnell, as far as I'm concerned, was one of, if not Kelly's best player for the past couple of seasons. Um, and I mean, he, he was most recently, I've been listening to obviously Sports Sound and what have you in the, the Scottish Football Podcast. And he was training with Hamilton Ackies. Like, mm-hmm. is his agent a joke figure or what? Like, how he's a Scotland international. Left Kilmarnock would surely be going on to better things and has been training with Hamilton Ackies. Do me a favour. He also makes a lovely German biscuit. What? That's a wee bit of information for you, though. Oh, I think I know what you're on about now. Are you on about the terrace? Yes, I yeah. am. <laughs> we need that. You need that in squads. You need somebody who can come in and provide the catering, and he could do that. Alawa away has fuck all. Imagine you walk in the dressing room, oh, you get free oh, German biscuits. You're doing a disservice to the pie on the roll. Right, that's fine. Fine, I'll use Morton as an example. Yeah. <laughs> no offense to Morton fans. But Capello just isn't up to much. We've got a right back. <laughs> We've got a right back that can bake anytime you want. Who else can offer that? See, I'd have him just for that. Nice. I'll keep Michael Smith. 
Would you get this? Would you get this quality confectionery elsewhere? No, you wouldn't. Sit down, Michael. And it's funny that you mentioned quality confectionery because obviously, out of the blue, are we ready for say, a fantastic link here, ladies and gentlemen? Should I say, out of the blue and white, Kilmarnock confirmed the signing of Clevy Di Camona. How dare you? How dare you? When we're having fun, we're speaking about Stephen Donald's German biscuit, which sounds like an innuendo, but it's not. How dare you bring the mood crashing down with this piece of news? Why, why can you not just be happy for him? I am delighted for him. What I'm not delighted about is us as a club having to lose him. It's uh, it's it's heartbreaking, isn't it? It really is. I mean, I know I know that big Congo Cleave didn't necessarily warm the hearts of all our fans with his ability, but just for the passion alone, and he loved the club. I I love when Hearts sign a foreigner, and they get it, and they just there becomes a an affiliation with us. I I just find that that's that's um it's amazing what football can do. And when you've got I mean, let's not let's not beat around the bush. Edinburgh is a fantastic city. Hearts great club in said city. What's not to love? And I I mean I I think the, the positive that we can take is I'm pretty sure that Big Cleves only signed a one year deal. Mm-hmm. So I'm not suggesting a reunion as such, but Kelly played today and I didn't see him in the starting 11. And bear in mind, Stuart Finlay's a Scotland international and Kurt Broadfoot's a bit of a veteran, so is there a reunion on the cards? Uh, this sounds really hypocritical, but at, at, at some points, I don't like <laughs> that we chuck up the, oh, so-and-so's left this team, but he used to play for us, so is there a reunion? But, I mean, Cleve is the ultimate definition of a cult hero. I love that man. Do you remember what he did with his first touch? Was it the League Cup game Motherwell at Tiny? He he comes on, it's 2-0, with his first touch... He plays a 27-yard ball through the entire pitch to Ollie Lee. I and fell in love with him there. <laughs> that was an absolutely sensational ball. And that's a great goal, actually. So we can we can play some some good stuff. Only if Clay could be taking one this year, though, and he's no, so we're fucked. And listen, glass knees John Suter might not be fit for the entire campaign, so... This is, in all seriousness, the I think the, mo- the two biggest things that will define Dicamona's time with us is first of all Jambo Soldier because that's just amazing undoubtedly but from a more football perspective is also Ollie Lee god they were so linked is the Ollie Lee derby now I have that derby as one of my favourite hearts games of all time because I had been to the last seven Easter Road derbies and we hadn't won I'd been to them all where we had the worst run in our history against that lot. And then I was at the Ollie Lee one, and it finally broke the duck where he scored that screamer. But Craig Fowler mentioned it. It's one of the best performances ever in a derby. Because his leg was, like, on the ground, and he was just running past it. He didn't care. He was ruled he out, just... wasn't he? And then yeah. you were surprised that he was chucked in from the start. It's, it's funny you mention that at Easter Road, because... I've got the cheek to run a, a, a Hearts-related page. That Ollie Lee derby was my first Easter Road experience because my dad... I don't know... My, my dad seems to have this sort of vision that Scottish football hasn't really kicked on from the 1980s and that I'd be stabbed whenever I go to Easter Road and what have you. So, In fairness, it's a fair point. As soon as, uh, as soon as a couple older pals, one of whom I'm hoping to get on here eventually... Um, decided to take me along. It was like, okay, that's that's fine. You you can you can go with him. And uh 
like you say, he was he was outstanding that night. So I'm so jealous of you. I was at the games where we walk it. Me and my dad walk in as Simon Murray scores. Then Cummings scores the next gen, and it was just game after game after game, a defeat. My dad had been gone for 20 years, never seen us lose two in a row. And then I trot up, and I'm like, all right, I'm here now. Here they fuck it all up. And then Dicamona and Ollie Lee combined. And he'll be loved because, as you said, he's just one of those players that you fall in love with because it's almost as if he's a fan playing yeah i mean he he, he busted his balls he'd, he'd do what any of us would do um and I'd, i saw folks slating his ability and whatever so what like i also disagree with it so <laughs> do i i i don't i don't think he got the credit he deserved like you touched on that easter road performance brilliant okay there was a couple hairy moments but what what center half doesn't have you know the odd the odd, um, I guess, bomb scare moment. And also, look at the last Easter Road derby, that 3-1 game, where he came in and he was fantastic. He didn't put a foot wrong. Listen, if, if I was Hibs, I'd, I would have been making the move. He just loves performing at Easter Road. <laughs> that, that Listen, it's bad enough I'm going to kill you, but if he'd have gone to Hibs, oh! He well, would he do, laughed that he off, did that. he, know? Oh, would... no, that was Toby Civic. Yeah. Toby Civic just went, fuck off. He wouldn't do I'm that. Go- he's, I'm going he, to Belgium. He's, he's the Jambo soldier. Well, all love to him. He sent a lovely message to everybody saying that he'll be a fan for a long, long time. And he will always be well. I hope he gets the reception that Rudy got when Rudy came for, for Dundee United. I'm not trying to compare Rudy Scatcho and Di Camona in terms of achievements, right? Before anybody... I didn't want to see anybody in my mentions saying that I think they're on the same level. But they're on similar levels of love, I'll be honest. That's that's on the basis that Kelly obviously offer him a new deal or he signs elsewhere in Scotland. So Listen, they'll know. see they'll see how fantastic he is and they'll do what we should have done and give him a lifetime deal. Wow, a lifetime deal. What a man. All the best that Kelly, big man. And uh, hopefully see you back at Tiny in, in some form one day. Definitely. Well... We have one more point of terms of transfers because a little Scottish man called Stephen Kingsley has arrived on the radar. What's your thoughts on this young le- Not young, he's 26, but he's Scottish. And for some people, that's enough because he knows what the league's about. But Stephen Kingsley has left Hull. What are your thoughts? I'd totally forgotten about that till you brought that up. Um... Well, see, this is why I'm here. Rodden it all together. <laughs> Not just to rip the pish out of me. Um, <laughs> That's half the reason I'm... <laughs> um, Stephen Kingsley, I thought, was an excellent young talent at Falkirk, actually. Um, I think the, the Swansea move came too soon. Um, isn't it ironic that we're talking about Aaron Hickey and all these big moves <laughs> possibly coming too soon, and yet we're looking to replace him with <laughs> someone who went down south and arguably their big move came too soon. Um, it's almost not, as if Scottish football really needs to learn from its past mistakes. Don't sell down south too early. <laughs> I know Falkirk needed the money, but that's not the point. I know there was and a whole fairness, host of them that went fairness. down to Swansea, including Jay Fulton, like that striker, the Biabi boy. Just stop. Stop doing this. In fairness, Aaron Hickey's going to Bayern Munich. That's no down south. I guess not, but uh, but no, Stephen Kings. I think he's got a Scotland cap. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, he does. Twenty sixteen well. against Russia. Yeah, so I mean, he's he's obviously a talent. Um, I think that we would be an an excellent platform for for him to get his career back on track. Uh, my only concern is <laughs> touching on the um, the Ad White uh, situation. Is a perceived lack of fitness. I don't know. Oh, you, but... oh, you mean he's a he's a typical Hearts transfer target that he's he hasn't strung three games together for about five years. <laughs> Four year deal incoming. Um, but yeah, <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I, I, I think he'd, he'd be a suitable replacement, definitely. Um, but again, surely that means that one of Garuccio or White would be out the door. 
I know my Do you think so? I'm... Do you think so? Well, I don't know. We've I... already lost two left backs. Well, unless unless Robbie plans on maybe putting Ad White further up, because there was was he not was he not a, a winger at Leeds as well? He he'd been pushed far, further mm-hmm. forward and what have you. Yeah. So, but um, it's another option. It seems relatively relatively risk free. I don't know what the wages will be like. I would assume that he's earned a fair whack at both Swansea and Hull. Um, but no, it seems it seems relatively risk free, and like I say, we we could be a good a good platform for him to get back to his best. What what are you thinking? Basically the same. Um, it is interesting because you look at our squad and you realise, oh god, we've got four left backs, but Bobby Burns is left. Aaron Hickey looks like he's out the door, and Garucho and Eddie White should be fine for the championship. But I think Stephen Kingsley is one of those signings where he would also be good in the prem. Um, if we can, it is just all about stringing games together but I think it would be an interesting signing and then that perfectly leads on to the fact that pre-season has started from Monday to Friday we've been seeing videos from Hearts uh, in groups of eight obviously due to current social distancing I can't even speak we've been gone for so long I can't even speak listen I've not been able to speak since the start of the pod I said that Aaron Hickey had played less than ten <laughs> games so I've had a shocker mate so don't don't you worry you're Due still, to social distancing, you still measures. don't want to in this pod. Trust me. And listen, with the, see these groups of eight at Hearts. I I haven't seen any of them at the Diggers. They've not been going round the local boozers, have they? <laughs> We're not getting into that. We're not getting into libelous claims. Bit of a, a free plug for the Diggers there if they fancy sponsoring the podcast. Uh, Imagine getting, getting, if we got sponsored. Get in by touch Diggers. with the representatives at Perth to Paisley on the old uh, Twitter account. See, the representatives, us. Yeah. <laughs> we represent ourselves. Peter Paisley is an independent, heart-related brand. Right, anyway, social distancing measures. Groups of eight and a group of three, the keepers together. What have you made from the videos and why is it that Craig Halkett has now lost half of himself? Because he's determined. They all are. There's a there's a hunger there. There's a desire. There's a want to prove to the fans that you deserve to be here. Right, this isn't a team talk. <laughs> um, no, it's... Listen, I think it's just a case of Robbie repeating exactly the same as what happened the first time. If if, if I remember correctly, his Hearts team were, were sharp, razor sharp. Um, and listen, with, with hard work, ultimately should come results so it's no wonder that they're running themselves into the ground because we need results we need to be out of the seaside league in a year's time so and i'm happy if there's if there's one thing that is a guarantee throughout pre-season is that the players will have grafted grafted away so with a bit of luck that should equate to results. Fingers crossed, mate. It's interesting because we see from the videos that most players are together, they're working with the ball. Um, some of the big highlights that I found was Peter Herring was running, which is an achievement in himself, but I think he looked like he was in pain. Don't say that. Don't throw that spanner in the works. He was running on a limp, like. Th- this he is us back to the ITK account. I know, but like, honestly, he looked like he was almost grimacing. Sounds like it's too good to be true that he's back. I'm worried. Like, I hope more than I hope. Because if Herring comes back fit, it's like two new signings, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And I just worry after seeing that video that we've all been led down the road again and he's not going to be able to play. He's like N'Golo Kante without the running. Just such a mm. focal point in a successful team. He he does it. He does a weird thing, because, and it is quite comparable to Canty, because you look at Herring and his type of, the type of player he is. You go, you shouldn't need Herring when you're at home, because you think you want to be when you're at home, and especially with the reputation Hearts have or the reputation that 
fans expect is bombastic, kamikaze, down the flanks, attacking football. And you look at Peter Herring and you kind of go, well, he doesn't fit into that. But then you actually watch Peter Herring play and it is like Kante because it completely frees up his centre-mid partner to go forward because it is like having two players in the middle of the park. You're suggesting that I don't know what I'm talking about. Of course I made no, that no, comparison no, 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 knowing no, 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 exactly, exactly fine. I'm now. trying to say at all Aaron Hickey's played less than 10 games. That's not... <laughs> Listen, we all make mistakes. I'm tired, I'm fatigued. I was out last night. <laughs> That's no excuse to forget a year of your life Seriously, watching that, Aaron that, Hickey. That is embarrassing. That That has got to be a contender for one of the worst shouts on a podcast of all time. <laughs> Not even a football podcast, just podcasts as a medium. Can I, can I change it to scored less than 10 goals? <laughs> no, you cannot. And that will now be used as the intro to every podcast. <laughs> no, it's not. We want this to be professional. <laughs> we can't give the air of professionalism when you're coming out with shit like that. <laughs> we all make mistakes, mate. I'm tired, like I say. Need my kip. I'm up early tomorrow for work. Right, well on that note, <laughs> thank you all for listening. Bit of a longer one than last time, just over an hour. Um, we didn't expect to be back as soon as this, as Adam said in the intro. However, we'd like to be back if loads of other stuff happens in between now and next Sunday. Another podcast will be coming out. We hope you have enjoyed. If you have any topics for us to speak about or any potential sign-ins that you want us to speak about, please Drop us an email, pertopaisley at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at pertopaisley. However, if you also want to speak to us on our personals, Adam, where can they find you? I'm at Adam T. Kendall. That's if you want to hear some ridiculous claims. Not just on hearts, just across the board. That's true. And for me, I am at Mackay of the Mark. Thank you very much for listening, everybody, and we'll see you again next time. Bye.